Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm sure for many of us, these words of Jesus are pretty familiar. It's a favorite in our Book of Common Prayer and a few of the services. But even if you haven't heard these words before, I hope you can feel the compassion and the tenderness in them. These words are like a balm to the soul when you need it the most. We live in such a fast-paced culture. It seems like if you ask, ask someone how they are, the most common response is, busy, but good. We're a busy culture, which is why these words are so comforting. Someone is promising to give you rest? Sounds amazing. Sign me up. But I think it's worth it for us to take some time this morning to consider the kind of rest that Jesus is talking about here. Because there are different ways of resting. The response of our busy culture has been to create an entire industry out of self-care answers to busyness. So as God's church, it's important for us to think about what Jesus intends for us for this rest for the soul. Let's start by backing up just a little bit and looking at the first part of today's gospel lesson. Jesus is commenting on that generation's reception of him, not only as a prophet and a teacher, but as God incarnate, or God with us. He uses this parable of the children at the market. When the children played with the flute, the people did not dance. And when they wailed, the people did not mourn with them. Right at the outset, Jesus shows us how we should have compassion and show solidarity with others. Then he goes on to say that when John the Baptist came, they said he was too ascetic. He was too strange with his wild hair and his extreme fasting. They said he was demon-possessed. And when Jesus came, they said he was eating and drinking too much, and certainly with the wrong people. I think with both of these admonishments, Jesus is trying to say that they struggled to see and truly see the kingdom of God in their midst. If you can't dance with the children in their joy, you're missing it. If you can't mourn with them as they mourn, you're missing it. And if you can't recognize a prophet or even God incarnate, you're probably missing it. Jesus then thanks God the Father for hiding the things of the kingdom from the wise and the intelligent and revealing them to the infants. Our reading from Zechariah today begins with this triumphant shout. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey. This would have been a ridiculous concept. A king, triumphant and victorious, yet humble, 
and riding on a donkey rather than a war horse with a parade. The signs of the kingdom of God can be tricky like that. The signs of the kingdom are not the most grand or the most obvious things, not the most wise or intelligent. Jesus is concerned with the people's perception of the kingdom of God. Who sees it? And how do they perceive the presence of God in their midst? For us, the signs of the kingdom will probably look a little different. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen many children playing the flute at the farmer's market recently. For us, the opportunities to dance and mourn with others will certainly look a little different, but the idea remains. Part of the work of discipleship is fine-tuning our senses to perceive the presence of God among us. Because the reality is that God is everywhere, constantly at work. The work of the kingdom and the presence of God are active and alive. They're constantly in motion. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a relationship in motion, constantly generating new life and love in our midst. And we are invited into that. We are invited to participate. But perceiving the work of the kingdom right in front of our eyes does take some effort. We have to try to hone our senses through prayer, communion, and discipleship so that we won't miss it. And I'm not claiming that that's exactly an easy feat. The disciples followed Jesus around directly in front of him, sharing meals, travels, and stories with him, and even they still missed it kind of a lot. You might be thinking, oh, Madeline, please don't put one more thing on my to-do list. But that's the thing. The work of discipleship is not a to-do. It is much, much deeper than that. Whether in Jesus' generation or in ours, what I can confidently say is that becoming a disciple truly is countercultural. So when our culture presses us to stay busy, one piece of discipleship is learning to slow down. I understand that for some of you, that might sound like heaven, an invitation to say no to things, Perhaps permission to say no for some of my people pleasers out there. And for some of you, slowing down might sound absolutely terrifying. Or maybe you're afraid that if you do slow down, something painful will catch up to you. Doing something against the grain of the culture is always scary. But this brings us back to the words that Jesus leaves us with today. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So what does Jesus mean here when he talks about rest? Let me preface by saying that the self-care culture we have created is not bad. It can certainly be helpful for us. And if you're not sure what I mean when I talk about the self-care culture, it's basically become very popular to think of the care of the self as having a spa day, going fishing, having a glass of wine, or taking a trip. And again, these are good things. Do them. 
but they aren't exactly what Jesus has in mind when he talks about rest. Self-care culture is reactive. It's a response to busy culture. And it's perhaps our best answer to burnout, but it can only really take us so far. It still centralizes busyness. We take care of ourselves so that we can be properly busy again. That kind of rest that Jesus talks about, though, it's rest for the soul. It's rest for God. It is rest that recognizes the kingdom of God and does not bow to busyness, but only to the king who rides in victorious and triumphant, humble and on a donkey. This rest is one that you can't work to achieve. I'm sorry to say that you can't add it to your to-do list, and I wish you could. I wish I could give you the three-point plan to achieve soul rest. But that's not the way that God works. What you can do is slow down, like actually slow down. What you can work towards is growing in your walk with Jesus, becoming a disciple, tuning your senses towards the sights, smells, sounds, feel, and taste of the kingdom of God in your midst. Because the kingdom of God is in the slow and small things. It's easy to miss. Follow Jesus because his yoke is easy, good, and kind, and his burden is light. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Amen.